Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with you today. We're so thankful to have this opportunity once again to get together on the program and open up God's Word and dig deep into those rich teachings and truths. What a blessing it is to have this freedom, the ability to be able to study God's Word openly without any fear of reprisal from any kind of governing authority saying, no, you can't do that, you can't teach that, you better teach this. No, we can just open up God's Word and study it for what it really says and try to understand those teachings in the real meaning that is there and try to dig deep and kind of peel the layers of the onion back, so to speak, look at it in detail and try to come away with the fullest meaning and understanding that we can and make those, those searches and those studies in still come across in a way that is easy to understand and that makes sense for our daily lives. Our prayer is, and search the scriptures, that you are learning God's word more and more fully in a greater depth, that you're becoming better and better informed as to what those teachings really are, and thereby you're becoming more understanding of what God's will is for your life. And as that happens, and your, your knowledge of God's Word gets deeper and stronger and fuller, then you should become better equipped to make up your mind as to whether you'll follow God or not, His way. Now, most people would say, well, of course I follow God, or I believe in God at least. Well, God wants you to do more than just believe in Him. He wants you to follow Him faithfully. He wants you to live obedient to His teachings. And obedience is the demonstration of your faith. So we pray that we're helping you through these studies and search the scriptures each day. We're, we're praying that we're helping you get ready to make up your mind to follow God all the way, his way. Turning to him, repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in his son, your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as your Savior and as God's son, and surrendering to him in baptism for the remission of your sins, and beginning to walk that new life, the life that Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3 and verse 3 and again in verse 5, the life of rebirth, the reborn life, or as the Apostle Paul puts it, a life that is a new creation in Christ in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Our prayers are with you, and our prayers are for you, and we do pray for you. We're going to get back into a study today that probably every one of us can relate to. Some of us more emphatically than others. We're going to talk about anger and really a Christian perspective on anger. We all struggle at times, do we not, with anger in our lives? Sometimes we find ourselves flying off the handle, uncontrolled, not even thinking, saying things and doing things that we really have not put any thought into ahead of time other than just acting on impulse, responding in pure emotion at the whatever the provocation is, or at least what we see as a provocation of that particular moment. Sometimes it's what somebody else says to us or what somebody else does to us. Or sometimes it's just some kind of circumstance that confronts us that all of a sudden causes us some pain or difficulty, uh, annoyance, whatever it might be, and we just, again, fly off the handle. We might start saying things that later on we're ashamed of, or we might even do some things that later on we wonder, 
why did I do that? How could I have lost control to that extent? How many people have ended up injured or injuring somebody else or perhaps in jail because they just reacted emotionally in uncontrolled anger at whatever the moment might have been that provoked them to that particular point. Well, we need to be careful because as we've already indicated, uncontrolled anger can have terrible consequences. It can cause us problems and it can cause other people problems. And it can result ultimately in injury or, or uh, to ourselves or to somebody else uh, it can destroy relationships or at least really severely impact those relationships in a negative way. And it can even end up many times leading to somebody getting killed or somebody maybe not getting killed, but through their anger, what they've done, they end up in jail, incarcerated for a period of time. And there are a whole lot of people who have been in jail for extended periods of time because of something they did in the moment of uncontrolled anger, the heat of anger. Well, we've been talking about that, and we introduced this particular topic in our last program. We need to be careful because obviously anger can have, when it's uncontrolled and it's allowed to just take us over, it can have severe and very ugly consequences. We become angry with the boss at work, sometimes justified perhaps, other times not so much. But we don't like what he said or maybe we don't like some kind of new policy or maybe we just don't like it that we haven't done well and he's reprimanding us, disciplining us. Kids get angry with the teacher at school. Boy, I can remember experiencing that when I was going through grade school, thinking that the teacher was being unnecessarily mean or perhaps difficult with me, and she was not. It was almost always my fault, my perception. I just didn't do the work that I should have done, didn't put myself into the task before me to the degree that I needed to, and I was trying to just deflect my guilt or my lack of commitment on her. Well, we get mad at our spouse, don't we? Oh, and maybe we lash out at our spouse when we're really angry with somebody else. The same thing with our children or a friend. And we can say things that, again, take a long time to heal in that particular relationship. Maybe someone we're doing business with or maybe and here's one that is really uh, up front in our culture right now and has been for a while, and that's road rage. A driver cuts us off or we perceive that they've done something that has infringed on our driving rights, and we become angry, and we may even chase them down and yell epithets at them and make all kinds of ugly hand gestures toward them, and sometimes that has led to physical altercations and even shots being fired and people being killed. How horrible. And over what? Somebody cut you off in traffic? That's worth chasing somebody down and putting yourself into, and maybe some other drivers around you, into jeopardy? 
Is that worth getting into some kind of physical confrontation? Is that worth letting your anger build into wrath and you become uncontrolled and maybe even get into a situation where somebody pulls a weapon and now a life is in jeopardy? And maybe the freedom that you would otherwise enjoy for years to come because you could end up in jail over what you did in the heat of uncontrolled anger. How tragic, how tragic. Well, Christians have some excellent guidelines as to how to handle anger and by so doing serve as examples to the world around us. And we need to pay attention to what God has guided us to try to incorporate into our lives as Christians through his word. In James chapter 1, verses 19 and 20, James writes, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And we talked about this particular text in our last program as we were getting into this particular topic. And what pearls of wisdom, and it's not just one particular statement in these two verses of Scripture. But notice that he says, let every man be swift to hear. Sometimes we just need to stop and listen a little more carefully. Something that we thought might have been an insult to us or some kind of affront to our character, maybe we just did not hear that exactly correctly. Maybe we need to ask the person, can you repeat that for me? Or did I hear you say such and such? But now again, we need to do so in control. Notice that it also says slow to speak. How many times have physical altercations resulted because of words that were issued first? In fact, I would suggest to you that that's probably the case in almost all fights. Somebody says something and somebody else says something back and then the words go back and forth. They get more and more heated, more and more abrasive, and then somebody starts throwing punches or maybe worse, pulling a weapon. How sad. And again, it's an example of uncontrolled anger. And then James also says, slow to wrath. Sometimes instead of responding to what we might perceived to be an alter, a, a, a provocation, and it may indeed be a provocation, sometimes we need to just walk away. Walk away, and that's one of the most effective ways to dismantle that bomb of anger that is about to go off in our minds and in our, in our heads. You know, we can just diffuse the whole situation often by just showing character and just walking away. I remember talking to one of my sons, perhaps both of them, many, many years ago as they were young and in school and they were frustrated over other kids at school, teasing them, provoking them. And I've not only told them this, but I've told other youth that I've counseled with or taught over the years, and I've done a lot of that. I've tried to get across the principle that, you know, anybody can throw fists. 
Anybody can start swinging. It takes no particular uh, strength of character to start fighting. But now somebody who is really in control and somebody who is really exercising strength of character, they can demonstrate that by keeping themselves under control and even walking away. That takes a real man at times. Instead of just giving in to the instinct to start battling or maybe to start throwing curse words back at the person who you think just provoked you. Well, these are all examples and illustrations that we have either faced ourselves, experienced ourselves, or we have seen in others. We need to be a kind of first fruits of God's creatures as Christians. James chapter 1 and verse 18. And in verse 19, he says, uh, So then, wherefore, because of this fact, that's the idea, at the beginning of verse 19, so then, because we're supposed to be a kind of first fruits of his creatures, we're supposed to be shining lights, we're supposed to be seasoning salt, we're supposed to be examples to the world around us. That's when he says, now, because of this, because of who you're supposed to be as a Christian, be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. And then in verse 20, he says, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. How true is that? How many times have you looked at somebody who lost control of themselves in anger? Or maybe how many times could you think back about yourself as you lost control, giving in to anger, letting the anger take you over? And then later on you, you thought, well, I sure was a good person doing that. <laughs> now, most of the time you think that was stupid, don't you? Or I wish I hadn't done that. Or I wish that I had not become involved in that. How many times have you seen somebody maybe from a distance who just, they lost their head, they just started cursing, they did things that, that they would not have done normally because they were angry and they were not controlling their anger and you looked at them and you just thought how sad what a bad example that person is do they know how they look at while they're doing what they're doing they know how they sound what about the little children around them I remember one time I was refereeing a soccer game many many years ago in another in another area of the country and this was a a, a match between two young teams, 12 years and under, I believe. And there was such a good match going on. They were so competitive, going back and forth. But unfortunately, the coach of one of the teams on the sideline, instead of being the example he should have been and cheering them on and giving them the proper guidance, well, he started cursing. He got into it too much and he lost control and actually had to be ejected from the game because he could not bring himself under control. What a horrible example that was to those young children he was supposed to be coaching and setting an example for. Stop and think before acting. 
Stop and think. Get yourself under control. In Proverbs 29 and verse 11, the King James Version says, A fool uttereth his mind, but a wise man keepeth it still, uh, keepeth it in till afterwards. Well, the King James Version sometimes can sound a little bit uh, a little bit cumbersome for us in the way that they, you know, put the words out there, uttereth and keepeth and so on. But if you stop and think about what's being said there and you kind of boil it down to more contemporary language, how profound that is. A fool uttereth his mind or utters his mind. He lets it out without thinking. He just blurts it out. But a wise man keeps it in till afterwards. The New King James Version puts it a little differently, but again, the same sense comes across. A fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. The idea of venting there is just letting it out again. And some people will say rather proudly, I say what's on my mind. Well, sometimes that is a big mistake. You need to stop and think before you say what's on your mind. Sometimes what's on your mind does not need to be said. Sometimes saying what's on your mind is a detriment. It makes matters worse, and it, it does absolutely no good or has no positive effect on whatever the situation might be. A fool vents his, he, he gives, vents his all his feelings, just lets them out, just starts blurting it out. But a wise man... A wise man holds them back. Again, these are God's words. The New International Version says, a fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. I like that last part of that rendering. A wise man keeps himself under control. Have you ever let yourself go and you lost control and then you found your blood pressure going up. Your face was turning red. You might even have had trouble thinking about what words to get them, get them out properly, to pronounce them correctly, to, to, to use the proper words to get across your feelings at that time. And then later you, you found yourself having to calm down and catch your breath and maybe start breathing normally again because you were just completely out of control. A wise man keeps himself under control. The Revised Standard Version says, A fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man quietly holds it back. Now sometimes people would think, yeah, he's holding it back because he's scared. That's what it is. Or he's weak. He's a wimp. Or she's a mouse. They're afraid to say anything. Well, again. Anybody can start throwing fists. Anybody can start cursing. Anybody can start yelling. But it takes character. It takes maturity in those moments of provocation to analyze the situation and realize, I need to just be quiet. I don't need to contribute anymore to this particular situation. I don't need to throw any more fuel on the fire. I need to be an example, and I need to stay under control. And in that way, maybe I can calm this other person down as well. If I don't react, 
in the same kind of provocative way that they're acting toward me, maybe they'll calm down. Self-control is key in Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 16. The wise man writes, A fool's wrath is known at once, but a prudent man covers shame. Well, why is the fool's wrath known at once? Because he lets it out. Everybody can see it. He just acts. He doesn't think. He just blurts things out, and, and everybody can hear it. And sometimes his ignorance and his lack of self-control and his crude behavior speak volumes in a negative way about him. In the 19th chapter of Proverbs, and verse 11, again the wise man writing, and he says, The discretion of a man makes him slow to anger, makes him slow to anger, and his glory is to overlook a transgression. Well, the discretion of a man, we're talking about wisdom again. We're talking about strength of character again. And his glory is to overlook a transgression. Well, he did me wrong. Maybe. Maybe it was an accident. Maybe he didn't even realize he did you wrong. How many times do young kids in a, the hallway of a school or maybe in a playground one bumps into another one accidentally, and the other one who got bumped into, he starts pushing and shoving or maybe hitting him. Words are exchanged. Over what? Well, he bumped into me. Yeah, it was an accident. Well, she said such and such. Yeah, you don't know what she just went through. And she's not thinking very clearly right now. Maybe you would do well to listen to her and help her calm down about whatever the other situation was that she's foaming over or that she's lamenting, maybe you could help that person instead of lashing out. Well, good words from the wise man. Our time is just about up, so we're going to need to stop and park here. We're going to come back and finish up this particular study next time. A Christian perspective on anger. And oh, how we need to think, each one of us, about how we control ourselves, our thoughts, our actions in the face of what might seem to be provocation, but might not really be. And even if it is, the example that we still need to set. And in that way, perhaps diffusing the whole situation. In just a moment, we're going to tell you how to contact us and ask for that free Bible study, and we do encourage you to do so, to contact us, ask for that study. It is absolutely free. There's no charge. We'll even take care of the postage both ways. And you can also receive a copy of today's program on CD, and again, no charge. We'll take care of the postage. All you have to do is ask. So jot down that information in just a moment, and then give us a call or shoot us an email. Uh, Send us a stale mail if that's how you want to do it, whatever it takes. But ask for that free Bible study. Ask for the program today on CD. We'd like to get it to you and help you find that character of behavior that God has guided you into through his word. Won't you contact us right away?